the Your Soulful Goddess Beautiful Soul. I am so happy that you are able to join me today. And if it's your first time listening, or even if you are coming back, the Your Soulful Goddess podcast is the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover new ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. And my name is Safa. I am your host. I am a women's health and wellness intuitive life coach with a deep passion for helping women reclaim their power, their divine feminine essence, their intuition, and their voice. And I am happy to be back. As you know, we didn't really have an episode last week because I was in the middle of leading a group of wonderful women through my course, Intuitive Awakening, and we just had such a beautiful time. So, so grateful for that opportunity, but it was definitely high time for another wonderful episode with another wonderful guest. Before I introduce her to you, allow me to say thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. And don't forget, if you want me to bring the show back for a third season, there is a Patreon page set up for it now at Patreon forward slash Your Soulful Goddess. And once you sign up for that, you get access to many wonderful extra little mini-sodes, one of which will actually have to do with my guest today and in which we explore so much more about Ayurveda and just have really juicy conversations after what you're going to get to hear on the show, which brings me to today's episode and my beautiful guest, Hadley. Hadley is a health and lifestyle change coach who helps people feel better in their bodies, have more energy on a day-to-day basis, gain more confidence, cultivate a better relationship with food, and become less stressed and more joyful in their day-to-day lives. She graduated from the University of Michigan with a BS in Biopsychology, Cognition, and Neuroscience, and Master's in Public Health in Health Behavior and Health Education. Her online program called Happy Healthy Habits combines the concepts of behavioral science habits for optimal health and group dynamics to help her clients make lasting influential changes in their lives. Hadley and I definitely geek out on this interview talking about all things Ayurveda, which if you don't know anything about, oh, you're going to learn so much on this interview and the little mini-sode after through the Patreon page. So I can't wait. Let's get started. Here is the one and only Hadley. All right, Hadley, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, me too. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. And before we dive in, would you mind just sharing a little bit about you and the work that you do with the listeners? Absolutely. Yes. So I am a health coach and do it in a way that's very holistic. I use um, the essential health habits of Ayurveda in order to help people really um, thrive in their bodies and their minds and in their spirits um, as well. And so um, these essential health habits are kind of um, the cornerstone for all of that. Um, and I use the modern behavior change science in order to help them actually implement these beautiful things. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of the gist of what I do. 
I love that. And tell me a little bit about your journey, how you got to all of these practices and what really turned your soul, your spirit in the direction of becoming this healer. Mm. Yeah. So I actually always knew that I wanted to do something along the lines of healing, um, helping people. I was very interested in health, um, even as a kid and, you know, into high school and everything. And I thought that I, that would mean I would have to be a doctor because that was kind of what I knew. Um, yeah, (laughs) as you know, every little kid is like, Oh, I'll just be a doctor, um, (laughs) or a vet or whatever. (laughs) Um, and so I, I went to school, I went to, um, university of Michigan, uh, with the intention of being pre-med and quickly realized that that was definitely not my path. Um, but I, I didn't know exactly what my path was. I still wanted to do something along the lines of helping people to feel really good in their bodies and in themselves. Um, and so I went to, so when, when you don't know what to do, oftentimes you just get more education. Right. And so, (laughs) so I went and got my master's in public health at university of Michigan, um, as well. And, um, in there, I, I had an internship with a company called yoga healer. Mm -hmm. And they, and so I was really into learning about Ayurveda and everything as I was in this very Western model of learning about uh, biopsychology and um, health behaviors and health education and all that kind of thing. I was kind of dabbling in both sides, which is, which was actually like, it was a little bit frustrating at the time Mm -hmm. um, because I was like, there's like, there's no congruency here, but now it's really exciting because I can kind of bring the two together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I interned with this um, this company called Yoga Healer. I actually wrote the show notes for their podcast. Um, oh, so cool. And yeah. <laughs> and then um, I got to take their program, which helps people with the habits of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, like, even though I had known about Ayurveda and I was trying to incorporate it in my in my um, lifestyle, it was really such a struggle. Um, I was kind of trying to like do all of the things for like my doshas and that kind of mm. thing. And, um, like I was, I was pretty sick actually. Um, my junior year of college, I had been learning about Ayurveda, but I had psoriasis all over my body and my face and everything. And I was like 20 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, and was just like, I was on antibiotics three times that year. Mm. I was just really not doing well. I was, had a lot of depressive symptoms. I was never diagnosed, but I probably could have been, Mm -hmm. um, same with like binge eating as well as doing a lot of that. Um, so it was just, I was just not doing well. And I knew all of the things that I quote unquote should be doing to, um, help myself. Um, but I, I just didn't have the, the behavior change, uh, science, uh, the strategy and all of that kind of thing, as well as, you know, the, the wisdom and the knowledge and the guidance from someone who could kind of point out things that I was blind to. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that has to do with like the mindset and the self-sabotage and all of that kind of thing, which we can totally go into. Um, but I, so as 
I started um, doing more work with Yoga Healer, this company, um, I realized that, okay, if I can, you know, incorporate these habits and kind of work through these mindset blocks and all of that kind of thing, um, that totally changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is what I need to be doing to help people. Um, Cause I had all the tools. I knew like what, um, like I knew how to eat and how to exercise and how, like all of that stuff. Cause I was so into learning about it, but, or at least I thought I knew, <laughs> um, but I, I, um, I didn't know how to really incorporate it. And so that's, that's where I was like, okay, this is exactly what I need to be doing. So I got certified as a health coach with them. And now that's what I'm doing for people. That's awesome. Um, And thank you so much for sharing that journey. I think it's important for a couple of reasons. I do believe there is a common strain or core wound for all of us globally in terms of figuring out what that life purpose is and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives and what our careers are (laughs) supposed to be. And so I think it's important for a couple of reasons and on on a few different levels, like I was saying, the core wounds that affect us all globally relating to our purpose and what we should be doing with our lives and our careers, I think can feel very heavy because we've created this narrative that in order to get there and in order to be productive members of society that we've got to get things going and kind of finished and at their zenith by a certain time frame. You know, it's all of those mm. musts, all of those have tos, all of those shoulds, kind of like you were saying a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one, just to really encourage people to know, look, the process, it's, it's very similar to the process of healing. You know, the process of healing is never ending. It goes on and it changes and it transforms and sometimes it shocks you and it's taken a whole new form, etc. Well, it's much the same, I think, for really tapping into how we can best serve not just the world at large, but our highest selves in such a way that we do feel fulfillment in our life purpose and in our path and in our journeys and with our jobs and our careers and everything. And in a sense, that actually has to break the mold Mm. of the old structures or the old patterns that we've sort of infringed upon ourselves because it allows, when we allow for fluidity and change and transformation in this way, then we can do what you did very much in terms of, okay, well, maybe I really want to do this, but then open the door for this and something else shows up organically. And then you tap into a different energy and so on. And so allowing ourselves to do that is so crucial. So thank you for sharing that. And then also, you know, I find every single human being is so unique, you know, and there's so much nuance. I say this all the time. There's so much nuance in everything, in healing, in nourishment, in how we take care of ourselves and how we show up in the world. You know, there's so much little detail to everything because each each and every one of us is going to be unique and each and every one of us is going to relate to and respond to things in our lives, including food, differently and differently at different points in our lives as well. So it's just good to know. And that's one of the things that I think I first started really understanding when I came across Ayurveda many, many moons ago. And it was one of the things I enjoyed about it. It was also one of the things I sort of repelled a little bit too, because Mm -hmm. having come from a 
place of story and ego wounding or ego pain point around the eating disorder world and my own eating disorder really sort of highlighted the restrictive side of Ayurveda more than anything else. You know, don't do this, don't yes. do that. If your dosh is this, <laughs> your dosh is that. And so it kind of really jarred me, you know, and in a sense mm -hmm. that became a really good point of awakening. You know, you think, oh, well, it repelled her and then she just like left it and then she did something else. And in a way, yes, but I think the reason it was so important is that it really helped me and it served me to get that space of, hey, you like as a person are going to need something completely different and unique to you in order to thrive in this world. And there is lots of little spaces for growth and lots of little places for expansion. So that was really a part of my journey. And so I really love Ayurveda. I think it's got so much to offer. I think as humans, we do become a bit rigid, over rigid, in fact, and sometimes maybe focus only on the no and on the negative. Um, so there's always space for creation there, in my opinion, but I also know that very few people actually know about Ayurveda or what it is or what it involves. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to delve a little bit deeper into that today and really just give the audience a clear perspective of what it is. Maybe we can dive into the doshas a little bit too, if that's okay. And then, and yeah. take it from there. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I'm really glad that you brought that up about um, kind of coming at Ayurveda from a perspective of the, I guess, like the the paradigm that we are currently in, and that paradigm mm. is really diet culture. It's yeah. um, it's this idea of just rules, and this is good, this is bad, really assigning morality to different things. And so that's absolutely what I came to Ayurveda with that lens of like, oh, this is telling me that I need to do this mm -hmm. and not this. And I need to follow this list of foods or whatever for my dosha and not eat any of the foods that are going to exacerbate my dosha yeah. that I have out of balance or whatever. and. That's not at all what Ayurveda is actually about um, or ever has been mm -hmm. about. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and really, when we come to it from this Western perspective, from this very um, diet culture mentality, it can be, um, I mean, it can be harmful, mm -hmm. right? Like it can be harmful to our mental and even physical health. Like I... I <laughs> Uh, to be very honest, I, it was harmful for my physical health as well, because, um, I was, I thought that I had this, um, I thought that I was actually cough, cough dosha, mm -hmm. though I'm now realizing that I, I, I had less, I have less kapha in me than I initially had thought. Um, but, you know, so, some things that I found online were like, oh, you don't need as much sleep. So, you know, don't get as much sleep as, um, as other people or whatever. And so I was trying to restrict my sleep and that was just absolutely horrible for me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was like, yeah, sleep less and exercise more, but that was absolutely depleting. Wow. Um, for my adrenals and everything. And, and, you know, that impacted my, my skin, my psoriasis and my getting sick and burning out all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so it can totally be detrimental. And that's why I, I, um, I was talking with my clients yesterday about, um, you know, we have to come to Ayurveda with this 
sort of surrender of, of like, I'm here to learn Mm -hmm. about my body and myself. And I'm here to do it in a way that is really compassionate and respectful. And it's not just a list. It's not like, I, I also am really, really, um, I, I really want to make sure that I'm always honoring the science of Ayurveda and everything. And we can go into that in a second, Oh yeah, um, but it's not a classification system where like, it's just like, you know, it's not a personality classification of that's not what the doshas are. And, um, and if we, if we come into it thinking that that's what it is, then it really cheapens the wisdom of Ayurveda as well. Um, and it totally appropriates the culture, um, of, uh, you know, the thousands of years of Ayurveda and even, um, the culture of, you know, India and all of that kind of thing, um, currently as well. And so I'm always like, we need to honor all of the, all of the history. We need to honor the science that they, they put into it. And we need to honor the fact that Ayurveda was suppressed in India as well for a long time. And now it's finally having a resurgence, but, um, we need to honor all of those things. And, uh, we can honor, honor it as being kind of a self-inquiry of like this beautiful science can help us learn more about ourselves if we come to it from the right perspective. That's absolutely right. And I think that that goes, it's funny because not too long ago, I actually had a guest who was talking about human design and her and I specifically were talking about this space where, look, yeah, we can use these quizzes and these personality tests and all of these tools, for example, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, uh, to help us really gain an understanding of the self, but always keeping in mind that none of these are identifiers or that they describe or that they make us the thing, you know, just because you've mm-hmm. moved into this space in this moment doesn't mean that defines who you are at all. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And that's what I discovered about Ayurveda itself as I moved deeper into the healing of it, you know, but, but I think when you first get exposed to it, you're right. We do come at it very much tinged with the idea of diet culture. And actually to be fair, I feel like that's how we approach nutrition period, you know, just blanket. Oh yeah. (laughs) Totally. From the culture of diet. And it's just so harmful. And so man, it just causes so much pain and so much hurt and so much sickness and so much Mm -hmm. disconnect, especially at a place where a lot of us, if not all of us are highly affected by how we relate to food. I mean, Oh yeah. That's, that's a whole other topic for like five more hours that, that, that mm-hmm. we need to get into. But <laughs> yes, but having said that, so let's, um, again, let's, let's explain what Ayurveda itself yes. is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So Ayurveda means uh, IU is life or longevity and Veda is science or sacred knowledge. So it's basically, it means it's a Sanskrit word. Um, originating in India, and it's the science of longevity, or another way of translating it would be the sacred knowledge of life. Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's, 
it's really a holistic tradition and a holistic way of living that teaches us basically how to have a human body. Um, it's about being an active participant in your health and really, um, I love it because it's so not about quick fixes or herbs. Um, you know, there are Ayurvedic herbs, but it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more about lifestyle and um, it's very, very holistic. And so um, I really like how Ayurveda puts their definition of, of health. Um, the, the word and it's it's really hard to translate from Sanskrit into English, but the word svasta is uh, basically the definition of health. Mm-hmm. And so it's the state of being in which body, mind, soul, and senses are in blissful equilibrium. So it's so not the absence of disease. <laughs> it's not what health is. It's mm-hmm. like really, really thriving, having a blissful mind and soul and senses and um, having, you know, an established sense of self is another requirement for svasta. Um, having properly formed tissues and a balance of the doshas, um, efficient elimination of toxins throughout your body and really just well-functioning bodily processes. So, so health is not just the absence of disease in Ayurveda. It's really, really like, you know, your whole life, your whole, every facet of you is, um, really thriving. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love that definition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that I think was what kind of drew me more toward Ayurveda because, you know, in our, our Western model, it's very much, um, you know, you treat, treat a disease and, um, maybe just the symptoms of the disease and like, you go, you go on your way. Um, and it's kind of like all of these, um, treatments of, uh, I mean, even in, in mental health, it's kind of like coping with the things rather than getting to a, the root of it and working through that. And so I'm, I'm all about like trying to get to the root of, of anything that's kind of going on so that you can really get to that thriving place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And let me see where, so first of all, if you are someone who listens to the show consistently and is always like, oh, the woo, you know, <laughs> then hopefully this gives you a little bit of, of grounding into the fact that, Hey, guess what? These can be inter like intertwined and they can have this beautiful synthesis and this beautiful harmony between them you don't always have to have all one all the other I think it's a word that we use a lot and it is holistic there's a reason that word exists and I love it so much I savor it every time I use it say it see it etc it's because it really is an all-encompassing energy of everything not just you know not just holistic health or holistic nutrition, but holistic living, right? It really takes you into a space where you can take a look at all of the things, the shadow work, the uh, underlying 
vibrations underneath the disease and not just the symptoms, the movement into the somatic spaces and the healing, the resonance with vibration, light and energy in and of themselves, the use of tarot to go deeper into our unconscious. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. But the point <laughs> is these all work in harmony, right? I think sometimes we get so caught up in the idea of having things to be just so and that they have to be separate from one another. And it's kind of like how we were talking about a little bit earlier in terms of food, right? We become so accustomed to tinging food and nutrition with labels such as good and bad yeah. um, or evil even or sinful <laughs> that are so oh, yeah. <laughs> moral ideas, right? We do this with all of life, all of living. But if we take a step back and just open up the possibilities, I think that we get into such a wide array of possibilities. And the reason I'm bringing all of that up is because of the science of Ayurveda, mm. you know? And if that makes some people take a big old sigh of relief, then awesome. <laughs> but also too, I'm aware that people who gravitate toward the show love the woo. So, but it's mm. also a chance for us to be like, hey, guess what, both. <laughs> yes, and yes, we can have this. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and the really cool thing is that a lot of modern science right now is finally catching up to this, to Ayurveda and these other um, holistic health um, systems. There, modern science is finally, <laughs> finally catching up to these thousand, you know, thousands of year old um, systems that have kind of known this forever, but we haven't um, had the scientific method, um, yes, you know, yes. proving it, but now we are, which is the really cool um, part of it. I know that um, if you are, if you are wanting kind of a blend of Ayurveda and um, like, where's the proof kind of thing, <laughs> um, John Duyard is doing a lot of work. Dr. John Duyard, um, I, I believe he lives in Colorado and he, he's doing a lot of, um, like evidence-based research on, on Ayurveda and it's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and, and then, I mean, obviously there are so many things like even meditation that has been very recent, um, but are showing that yes, we, we absolutely can change, um, the functionality of our brains and, um, through, through this meditation practice. And, you know, five years ago, even that was like fringe, but now people are doing it in their workplaces, mm -hmm. you know, it's like mm -hmm. very, very mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's cool to see us really quickly transitioning into, um, into all of that for sure. I, know, I love I it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like the, the embracing of meditation, yoga, you know, feng shui, all these things that are, are, are there and have been there for us for so long, but I feel like they're finally being embraced a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And some of that old cobwebby, um, heavy sort of tinge is being pulled out of the way. And so I really yes. appreciate that. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and here's, what's really cool about Ayurveda too, is that it, it leaves open the possibility for not just taking a pill. You know, mm. it's more about, okay, well, wow, you're getting so many migraines every day or every month or every week, right? Let's take a look at what's going on 
underneath the surface? Is mm -hmm. it possible there is an imbalance here? Is it possible maybe there's too much of this, too much of the other, and kind of start really little by little adjusting and mm -hmm. getting the body into a place where it remembers how to really show up for itself in, mm -hmm. a, in a state of homeostasis. Totally. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say about Ayurveda is a lot of times people think of Ayurveda as like the doshas mm -hmm. um, or the elements. So um, air, ether, water, fire, and earth, which we can mm -hmm. totally go into. Um, but it's, they don't really think that much about the habits of Ayurveda. And, yes. and um, they're, <laughs> one of my, one of my coaches, um, was like, yeah, I was, uh, like in Ayurveda school and there was one like paragraph about the habits of Ayurveda <laughs> and that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just kind of listed them out. Like you should be doing this kind of thing every day and that will help you to have a thriving mind, body, mm -hmm. spirit or whatever. Um, and she really expanded on that and, um, and created like a program to help people actually incorporate these things. And now we're finding that with um, circadian rhythms, mm -hmm. and the ways that our bodies are actually aligned with the rhythms of the earth, seasonality, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, literally the day to day, um, the sun and the moon and all that kind of thing. Uh, we're finding that, you know, we are totally out of sync. Um, with our circadian rhythms. And so the habits of Ayurveda, I think, are foundational before we even get into the doshas or anything. The habits themselves are foundational for actually um, getting to a place where you can make tweaks with the dosha. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at it as like, um, and we can get into what the doshas are, but uh, instead of looking at it as like, oh, I have an imbalance of this dosha I need, so I need to eat these things, I need to do this exercise or whatever, looking at it as, okay, am I, am I getting the sleep that I need uh, at the time that I even need to be sleeping? How, when am I eating? What are like my rituals, my rhythms throughout the day? Um, and and oftentimes, especially with food and stuff, we really focus on like the what and the how much of food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Ayurveda is like, well, I mean, you know, the when actually really matters a lot. And no one's really talking about that. <laughs> you know, some people say like, we need to not eat like right before bed. Um, but there's not a whole lot more than that. Um, and so really getting in tune with the rhythms of our bodies and the rhythms of the earth is the most important thing. And, and it helps us to shed a lot of the dis-ease that we have yes. um, going on in our modern world, even before we get into the tweaks of the doshas and all of that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. that's really fascinating. <laughs> that's incredibly fascinating. It's important too, because I do feel, and maybe I'm wrong in this, this is just my assertion or my point of view on it, but I do feel a lot of the modern take on Ayurveda comes from the, the high uptake or increase of yoga teachers over the last like decade or so. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, when I got certified, what was it, like 11, 12 years ago, there really wasn't too many places where you could go you know what I mean and then mm -hmm. literally in the span of like two years after that everyone was getting certified and the reason I bring that up is because in the program like especially when you do your 200 it, there is knowledge of Ayurveda but it's so surface level 
It's mm-hmm. so over the top and it focuses specifically, yeah. like we were saying, in your doshas. And I think a lot of us get caught up in that cycle. Oh, well, okay. My pattern has been up until now, unconsciously, of course, to really <laughs> lean into diet culture and look at food as my enemy and really disregard my intuition and believe that the only yeah. thing that I can ever have a healthy, fruitful, and thin, because let's be honest, that's what it's about. Life Mm -hmm. is by controlling what I put into my body. And then there, there comes the disconnect a lot. I mean, again, that's my assertion. I could be wrong. I'm sure I ruffled some feathers, but you know what? That's just what I've observed. The other Mm -hmm. side of that too is, is, is the lack of wanting to go deeper and question more like, Oh, this is cool. But what if I learned more about it? You know, kind of like your, your coach, like, oh yeah, we had one page, but what if we actually leaned into it and started really observing these things? And mm-hmm. that's what I would love for all of us to do with our lives, our topics, our, our everything. Everything that comes into your life, it's coming into your life for a reason and deserves attention. It deserves also to be honored and explored and sifted through and examined. And if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't work for you, great. You don't have to take it too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's one of the things that I really wanted to highlight there. And then the other thing that I was thinking about as you were saying that was the um, the really intense need for rebalancing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and to connect to the world, even in terms of, and I know the listeners hear me complain about this from time to time because I record the <laughs> interviews ahead of time, like the moon, for example. You know, I'm always like, oh, the full moon or the new moon are doing this or that to me. And I'm sure <laughs> the, like the outsiders looking in, it might be like, well, what in the world really? But you know what though? It, here's the thing. Everything is connected, whether we like it or not, that it's just the truth of thing. It is the way that it is. Everything is interconnected. Everything affects everything else. If not, we wouldn't have tides. I always say that, you know, like there would be no (laughs) tidal waves. And that there is something there to that, that we really can lean into and honor in a very beautiful way. And that becomes almost extra magical, you know, like a woman actually mooning or flowing into her cycle with the with the moon whether it's full whether it's quarter it just depends right you're going to connect to that moon in your own way in your own rhythm and the same goes for all of that uh energetic life that circadian rhythm is there for you too so honoring those spaces and holding really good safe loving space for them in our lives as they show up versus resisting them and trying to run away from them or just missing them altogether, I think is super important. So I really like that. And yes, for sure, I would love to lean a little bit into the doshas. Having already said all this though, listeners, yes, you remember <laughs> ultimately Ayurveda is not just about the doshas. We will share about it because I think it's interesting. And for me particularly, mm-hmm. it calls to my witchy heart even more because the elements, you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm, like totally. oh, I could see myself drawing the pentacle and I can, you know, like all the things that you just kind of connect to from that space. So I like it for many different reasons, but don't forget those of you who are listening, this isn't it. There's more, this is the tip of the iceberg. And I know, I mean, that's a phrase we use a lot, but yeah, it is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I always like to start with the elements Um instead of starting with the doshas, because I I think starting with the doshas can get really confusing for people. And it's, it's a lot easier to just connect with the, with the elements because we can Mm -hmm. think about, um, so, so basically I've said this before, but the, the elements are ether, 
which is basically like space, space Mm -hmm. without movement. So you can think of like the space in outer space. Um, It's that's what, what that is. And then air is a little bit different because it's more like um, movement and the air that we have around us basically. Um, Then there's water uh, or I guess actually I'll go in order. So, so there's ether, air, there's fire, and then there's water and earth. So, you know, these things get more and more dense as we, as we go down and, um, ether and air come together to create Vata. That's one of the doshas Mm -hmm. and then fire and a little bit of water come together to create Pitta and then, uh, water and earth come together to create kapha. And so, uh, so you can think about people who have a lot of vata, um, you know, that's the ether and air. So what do you think of when you think of, uh, someone who has a lot of airiness, um, a lot of spaciousness, uh, what do you think of in mind and body? That's what I always ask people, you know, head in the clouds has a really hard time grounding and I have actually heard and I would love to actually get your take on this which is why I'm bringing Mm -hmm. it up but I've actually heard from an Ayurvedic professional before that if you've way too much kapha in you you may even lean towards slight psychosis oh way too much kapha or way too much vata oh vata I'm sorry (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) absolutely yes yes um there's definitely um, a lot more vata for people, uh, who may have psychosis. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, on, on that spectrum, a lot of people who have a lot of vata have, um, a lot more anxiety and that's kind of the imbalance of vata. They can, they can tend toward anxiety in their, um, in their, you know, mental health. Um, whereas like kapha, which is the you know water and earth, which are more dense, more heavy. Um, the mental health um, you know uh, imbalance there is going to be more likely leaning toward like depression. It's going to be slower, duller, all of that kind of thing. Where and then pitta, which is the fire and a little bit of water, is like what do you think of when you think of someone who's got a lot of fire? What what could be the mental health um, imbalance there? Um, so hot-headedness, really <laughs> temperamental. I know this one because this is me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, burns the candle at both ends, really hard to rest, it, type A personality, it goes on and on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and when we, uh, when we think about like pathology, um, it's, uh, neuroticism, even like OCD things like Mm -hmm. having to control everything. Um, and so, yeah, so, so those are kinds of the different kinds of ways that we can get out of balance, um, mentally based on the doshas. The other thing that I'll say about the doshas is that Ayurveda says that the doshas are present in everything. And we have like, as, as humans, um, we have different percentages, basically when we're born of the the different doshas. However, I don't like to get super stuck on that with people because again, you know, the categorization thing, Mm -hmm. um, what I like to focus on more is that some, like we can get out of balance with any of the doshas. So 
so even if you know you're born with like a lot of kapha and maybe um, a mid range of pitta and then not not as much vata, uh, you can still have a vata imbalance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can and you can have any any imbalances. It just means that sometimes it's probably going to be the easiest for you to get out of balance with kapha, but it totally depends on your lifestyle. It depends on what you're surrounded by, um, and you know it depends on a lot of things. Um, and so, and I'll actually also say that most of us in our modern society have some sort of Vata imbalance because of just the fast paced, um, and technology is very, uh, like ether air, like combined, um, and, and can really get us out of whack with all of that. Um, so even if you don't have a ton of Vata in your constitution, which I do not, um, I can still get out of balance with Vata you know, decently easily because of all of, all of the things that we have um, going on in our modern world. Mm -hmm. So, um, so then let's, let's talk about like physically, uh, what do you think of when, like, uh, when you think of air and ether being present in your body, what kinds of, uh, what kinds of qualities might come up? And this can be like negative or positive, right? Like it, you know, I don't like to look at, at it as like, these are all the bad things that come yeah. from the doshas. Um, agreed, agreed. And so, so what do you think of when you think of Vata with a, a physical body? So, and this is, I'm biased by the way, because I know that I've had <laughs> Vata imbalance plenty in my life. So I'm yes. going to like preface this by saying I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I think you know, dry <laughs> skin, dry hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also too, though, I feel find and this is not coming from my point I do find that there's a lightness though to people who are very vata-esque you know Mm -hmm. like a like a almost a floaty quality in their physicality Mm -hmm. yeah so in in the physicality of someone who has a lot of vata um they tend to be have like a thinner lighter frame um, they tend to, I like how you said, um, dryness. Mm-hmm. So if you think of air and ether and, and you think of like, basically like wind, that's going to be really drying that dries things out. Um, and it's also, uh, really cooling. So it makes things cold as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, times vatas will have, um, really cold hands and feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and they're also really, um, they have really sensitive digestion. And so if you think about like what comes up in like your digestive system, if you've got air, a lot of air going on gas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So gas bloating, sometimes it like feels like there's just like a balloon inside of you when you're bloated. Right. Mm -hmm, It's like, mm -hmm. it's so much air and it's trapped. And so, um, so that is very much a Vata characteristic. So with Vata's rhythm and routine is kind of the name of the game. I will say that that's the case for everyone. And that's why the habits are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vata, it's going to be really important to be doing things at the same time each day. And a lot of times Vatas are like, no, I want to be like, you know, spontaneous. And because mm-hmm. they tend to be more like that and like more creative and um, flexible and like, you know, starting new things and really excitable and all of that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is amazing. But they can tend to get really out of whack when they don't have that rhythm and that routine. And I always say that rhythm and routine is 
creates freedom, like structure creates freedom. Um, because then once you have that all kind of put into place and really automated, so you don't have to think about it all the time. That's what I really, really help people do is automate things. So they don't have to think, okay, you know, what's, (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. like, what, what should I do today? What should I, like, when should I work out? When should I eat? When should I do whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love um, By the way, and yes. also as a business owner, that's like, ah, all I oh. crave. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. Um, and so, so, so that creates freedom and flexibility for the times when you're, you don't have things that are automated that you can go and do stuff without, and it creates a container without, you know, burnout and all of that kind of thing mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, so the imbalances are like bloating, gas, constipation, um, dryness, dehydration, weight loss, um, you know, just restlessness, even um, joint pain, um, mm, yeah. aches and pains a lot of times come from Vata um, because, you know, we basically have like this quality of air in our joints and that does not feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, insomnia is another one. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really, uh, especially right now, so many people are struggling with um, sleep and sleep quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then feelings of ungroundedness as well. So that's really, that's kind of the very brief outline of Vata. There's a lot more to it, but, um, but that's kind of the characteristics. Um, and so we can then go into Pitta. So Pitta, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the mental health, but what, what do you think of when you think of, um, like physicality? Um, so the same actually as Vata, and again, I'm cheating a little bit, but like heat inducing, you know, warm, um, mm-hmm. also acid forming, very yes. acid forming. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes. And that move, like movement, I feel like pitas are always like in the need to move. There is no mm-hmm. real stopping. Like whenever they're stopping, it's always like a little bit of a freak out. <laughs> and then also, as far as I know, really bright engaging eyes and um it can if I actually if I remember correctly don't they tend for like a lighter skin too I feel like this is why I laughed when I read this because I was like well yeah I'm definitely pale (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so you know there are like specific things that people say about the doshas um but pizza, like, uh, like the quintessential pizza that they always talk about is like the redhead with like two super pale skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyone like with any type, like skin tone or anything can have any of these, mm-hmm. any of the doshas. Um, but yes, it's, uh, anything that has to do with fire that you can kind of think of with fire is pizza. So it's, pizzas are going to be warmer uh, warmer to the touch, um, and also just like run hotter, um, physically. Um, they usually have like pretty abundant energy and they're a little bit different from Vata in that Vata is kind of the energy of movement. So they're Mm -hmm. kind of moving all over the place and Pitta still has a lot of movement, but it's very, very direct movement. So it's like, I'm doing this thing and I'm just going to go and do it. (laughs) And like, it's going to be, it's like, it's going to be very, very done. (laughs) Um, Whereas Vata is kind of like, oh, moving from, I think of it as like Vata is kind of more of like a butterfly where it like flits from one thing to the next. Whereas Pitta is like super, um, you can think of kind of like an arrow 
um, mm-hmm. very, very direct. And yeah, then I like that. Yeah. And so it's, you know, people tend to be very ambitious, practical, um, but love adventure and like challenges, solving problems, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, very strong intellect um, and concentration as well. Um, it, not necessarily concentration for that long. So sometimes these come in like bursts. Yep. Um, and I'll, we'll get into kind of more of the endurance piece when we talk about kapha. Um, but pitta tends to be all those things. Also, pitta tends to have really good digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they tend to be like, if you think about like in our, our Western world and sort of the diet culture mentality, they're like the fast metabolism that people mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then the, the imbalances that pitta can have is like, you can, you can probably already sense <laughs> what they are. Um, but skin rashes. So like, you know, psoriasis, um, oh, yeah. rosacea. I remember was one of those. Yeah, never totally. <laughs> My yep. practitioner was like, well, that's your, what are you doing? That's your pitta. Yeah. Right. Like, well, are you burning yourself out? Oh yes. <laughs> um, it's coming up on your skin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any like different kinds of burning sensations, um, inflammation in your body is going to, is going to be related to pizza, um, any type of inflammation, um, you know, heartburn, indigestion, that kind of thing is like the heat, um, even like hot flashes, um, hot flashes are a pizza thing. Um, ulcers, um, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times acne though, acne and some other skin conditions can kind of come up with the, some of them have different qualities with doshas. And again, this is, I'm simplifying things a yeah, lot. So yeah, there are nuance. so many nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then the imbalance, uh, when it comes to kind of like, um, interacting with others is criticism of, you know, yourself and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas like with Vata, a lot of times if they have conflict with someone else, they blame themselves, mm-hmm. um, for it, Pitta tends to blame other people. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, sure. what did you do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and again, like we can all have any of these imbalances. It doesn't. And I, so like, you know, there are quizzes out there that tell you like what your constitution is, mm-hmm. but I, again, it's, it's. I just like to have people identify like, okay, if I'm, if I'm experiencing this imbalance, what is the opposite that I can actually like go to? So if I'm experiencing a lot of heat and I'm, I'm really identifying, like I've got a lot of fire going on. What do I need to do to cool myself down, like Mm -hmm. cool myself down mentally and physically? What kinds of you know, um, behaviors can I do? Can I take a like cold shower or, um, you know, do have some more cooling, um, foods or cooling, uh, exercises. So maybe Mm -hmm. don't do the, the intensity interval training every single day, which I just tend to want to do. It's so hard, man. It's so, I'm just, I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna, (laughs) and I'm going to try to balance it off with some restorative, but it's exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I totally feel you because I, uh, I am very pizza, but I have a lot of kapha too. So I definitely need a lot of the high intensity stuff mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so it is, it's all about balancing things out. I believe that everyone needs every type of exercise and it's all about figuring out what, um, ratio of it you need at this point in time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And so, yeah, so that's kind of, that's pizza. <laughs> um, and let me know if I'm taking too long on these. I don't want to, oh, no, uh, no, no, please go okay. on. We're good. Great. <laughs> and then there's kapha. So kapha is water and earth. So you can think of it as like when you mix water and earth together, you get, uh, I, I never like to say mud because that seems it seems negative and pe- and especially in diet like culture, it. it's like, like, cause because kapha tends to be more congealing and have more mass and all of that yeah. kind of thing. People are like, I don't want to be kapha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But water and earth, like mud is like the most grounding, stable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all need so many more kaffas in our life, in our modern world. Basically. Yes. Yes. So if you have that friend who is just like the most steady, you know, mm-hmm. they don't get riled up. They're just like, and they're just kind of like, everything's fine. Like it's all good. Like everything's going to be okay. And you just feel like at ease with them. They probably have a lot of kapha mm-hmm. <laughs> in their constitution. Yeah. Um, and I have a, one friend who I know who is just this dear, dear friend and she has so much kapha and is, oh my gosh, just one of the most um, loving and, you know, grounding people to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so basically, so kapha in, we talked about, um, mental, mental wise, but what do you think about when you think of kapha in the physiology? Physiology. Oh, this is a good one. I guess I hadn't thought about it, but <laughs> I do think of more relaxed in terms of, I feel like pittas do carry a lot of tension. So you can kind of even see that in their shoulders, maybe more mesomorph. And exactly. Uh, yeah. Yes. Actually, we can do the the endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph with like the doshas like, yeah. explicitly. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So the kapha, though, I see them as like more relaxed physically, right? So I do feel like their physiology is a bit more uh, like more root related. So their Mm -hmm. bottom half is way more expansive. And I mean that in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And I also feel as though a kapha, well, I know from experience, because I've got kapha people in my life that they're very good at soothing and like bringing you back and giving you perspective. They're good at like, Hey, like pay attention to this. Have you considered this? It's okay to Mm -hmm. not fly off the handle, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think of. And I like, by the way, that you use the word mud, because to me, like just the word sounds so like, ah, I'm at a spa and I'm, mud, mm, you know, yes. so <laughs> the movement of the, the lotus flower through the mud and how that is so important, like so crucial for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so Kafa has Kapha tends like just people who with a kapha constitution tend to naturally have a stronger build, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to like be like, just take up more space, um, you know, with yeah. their, their bone structure. And then also they have more mass. Um, so, you know, it, when kaffas are in balance, they are never going to be like rail thin. Mm-hmm. Um, they, but they, they do have, um, you know, the ratio of like, you know, fat to muscle to bone is, um, is just going to, is going to be different from for each dosha. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to have kind of like a, a bigger build. Um, I like, I think of like a lot of times swimmers have a lot of kapha. Oh, yeah. Um, and whereas like pitta a lot of times, um, uh, is like fighters <laughs> or, uh, it's or gymnasts or something. Yeah. Right. Gymnasts. Absolutely. And pizza has kind of become more of like the thing to look like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, it used to kind of be more Vata, like the, you know, just like thin and willowy, whereas pizza is like really muscular. Um, and you know, that's like kind of in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas Kafa actually used to be in, if you look at like pictures of Aphrodite from, I was just, uh, you know, about that. I literally <laughs> like had statues. that image in my mind. Yeah. That's yeah great. That was Kafa. Which is so um, beautiful. I yeah. love it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and so that, that's the tendency for, or I guess that's the Kafa constitution. Um, and again, they're very loving. They're very graceful physically. Um, you know, they are, uh, actually a lot more flexible because they have that unctuousness of their joints and everything. They can kind of move, um, with a lot of grace. Um, they're really comfortable with routine and actually, uh, Kafa is the one where, where it's like, get your routine down, but then also we need to make sure that you're being spontaneous sometimes because they can get stuck in the routine a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kapha imbalances tend to be um, like weight gain is the classic kapha imbalance, though weight gain can happen in any of the doshas. Mm-hmm. Um, and lethargy, really a good thing, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so if you're like, if you have a lot of Vata, you want to do things and in your, you know, you're trying to gain weight. Um, you want to do things that have more Kapha, um, qualities so that you can gain weight, um, with that. So we can, again, it's like looking at the opposites, looking at like, what are the opposite qualities of this imbalance essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and so in other imbalances of kapha are like lethargy, sluggishness, um, mucus, mucus is a really big thing. So, um, mm. in your sinuses or in your lungs, a lot of things that have to do with lungs, like asthma. Um, I used to get bronchitis a lot as a yeah. child. Um, that's all kapha stuff. So it's like the, um, it's like literally Kaffa coming up in your body. Mucus is that combination of like water and earth and it's just sticky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you uh, like, you know, if you think about like kids, if, if a kid eats like ice cream right before bed, a lot of times they'll wake up with like snot coming out of their nose. And it's just like <laughs> kaffa is just like coming out of their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and then also like, uh, things like excessive attachment and really holding on to things. Mm. Um, you know, kaffas are super loyal, but they can, they can hold on to things for longer than, than is like, than actually serves them yeah. as well. 
Um, and then this one is really interesting. So kavas can tend to be really stubborn um, and resistant to change. And sometimes people think that that is related to pitta um, because it seems like sort of aggressive um, mm-hmm. to be really stubborn, but really it's it's very much a kapha thing of like, I don't want to change my mind. This is the way that I, I need it to be kind of thing. And that's an imbalance as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also they tend to avoid, avoid conflict. So it's kind of like the ostrich putting its, its head in the sand um, mm-hmm. and yeah. like hiding from problems <laughs> is like really a kapha thing as well. Um, so, and, um, and indecisiveness too, mm. as well. So, so that's kind of, that's kapha and the kapha imbalances. Um, but again, all of the doshas have these wonderful things about them. And then they have these imbalances. And I don't ever like to say that they're really even like bad things about them because it's just right. an imbalance. It's like, yeah. we can just, we can just, you know, get it back into balance. And, and you know, we, life is a pulsation. And so like mm-hmm. things are always changing. We're never going to be in like perfect balance. Um, you know, it's always yeah. going to be like, oh, what do I need today? You know, I woke up with uh, maybe a stuffy nose or maybe I woke up with just feeling a little bit more sticky or gooey mm-hmm. and that's more kapha. And so I'm probably going to need some more vigorous exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and or I woke up feeling really spacey, (laughs) really, I don't know, um, you know, flitting around, um, all of that kind of thing. So I need some more grounding or maybe some more strengthening things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, and again, yeah, it's always responding to what's coming up for you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love it. I feel like we just went on this awesome journey. So yes, I love awesome. every bit of this. I mean, and again, it's good for us to know just as a tool to better understand the self. Mm-hmm. Always remembering things do move. It's like you said, life is a pulsation and it yeah. ebbs and flows. And it's good to follow those movements as best mm-hmm. as we can. Sometimes it's good to choose to not want to, by the way, like it's okay if you yes. are in the middle of a move and you're like, no, that's okay too. I mean, mm-hmm. you're eventually going to have to just, right. <laughs> just the way that life is, but you can totally choose not to in that moment. So I do, I do love all of that. And again, the reminder of, look, we can hold space for ourselves in these moments and in these ways without the need to externalize our worth or become super rigid in our thinking around them. And I think that that is super helpful and it brings us back to that point of holistic healing, which is where we started. So Mm. I love that. And Hallie, I I could talk to you obviously for hours. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. However, we are coming to the end of the show. So let's lean a little bit into closing, you know, final touches, closing statements, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. So if you could please share with the listeners where they can find you and connect with you, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my website is happyhealthyhadley.com and Hadley is spelled H-A-D-L-E-E, uh, not E-Y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so happyhealthyhadley.com. And then you can find me, I, I hang out on Instagram a decent amount, um, happyhealthyhadley, just on there as well. Um, and those are, those are probably the two places that, um, 
that you're going to find me most. Oh, and actually on YouTube as well, I'm starting, um, I'm starting to build up my YouTube channel as well. So that that'll be oh, happy, so healthy, cool. happy on there too. Yes. I'm really excited um, to do some more videos and stuff. So I'm a theater kid that. at heart. So I'm like, I need to do some more video. <laughs> Girl, me too. You and me both. I love it. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then last yeah. but not least, my favorite question is what would your advice for the listeners be on how to really become empowered and uplifted? Mm, yes. I love this question. And I, I knew that you were going to ask me because I've been listening <laughs> to, to the podcast. So I was thinking about what I wanted to answer. And there are so many areas that I could go um, with this, but, and this is something that we, we didn't really, you know, talk super in depth about, but, uh, you know, really honing in on, on, on the ritual of, you know, kind of figuring out, okay, what things actually work best for me and doing those things consistently, because my whole thing with my clients is making sure that they are able to be consistent. And that is so much more important than any one-off practice that we can do. Obviously there are some one-off practices that are like super transformational, but I think it's so important to incorporate these um, practices in our daily lives, even if it's two minutes. I always Mm -hmm. talk about the two minute rule. Um, And so if there are things that you know help you feel really, really uplifted and, uh, and you are like, okay, this is the thing, make that a non-negotiable, even if it's only two minutes or even if it's only 30 seconds in your day, if you like, I absolutely can't do anything else like 30 seconds, just make it as small and doable as possible for you. Um, that's kind of what my uh, philosophy is, um, on, and habit change and, um, making sure that we are, you know, feeling the best that we possibly can is that that consistency and the compound effect that that creates over time in our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, thank you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing space with me today. It's been a true delight. Welcome back, beautiful listeners. I hope that you've enjoyed that interview. And again, thank you so much for being here, tuning in and listening. And if you're curious about anything that you heard on the show today, or if you want me to bring any of my previous guests back to the show, or if you just want to connect with me and schedule a one-on-one consultation, you can email me info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com or find me on Instagram at your soulful goddess. I am also super excited to share with you that the course Intuitive Awakening is now available for self-study or self-pace. It's now a self-pace program. So if you want more details on that, email me or reach out to me on Instagram. It is such a beautiful course and the women that were involved in it were just so powerful. We had so many wonderful discussions. You are going to love it. But Anyway, have a beautiful week. Stay tuned for next week's lovely episode. And remember to support the show by sharing it with others, giving it five stars. That's how other people find it. And stay in touch. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. 